We hope we can say something will be a blessing to your heart. And we know that if you love the truth, you're going to love this program because that's what it's all about. The Plain and Simple Truth Program. We're not on the air to get any type of self-recognition. But the truth of God would be put in people's hearts, honest people's hearts. We want this word to go down and find a resting place in your heart. Because we need God's word. We need God. And I recognize that. I've been serving the Lord since 1979. And I know that I need him more and more every day, folks. The more I learn about him, the more I love him. And the greater God gets in our lives. Yeah, praise his holy name. He's such a wonderful savior. I'd like for the whole world to know him. To know what he does for us. He cares for us. And he wants to care for us. He said, cast your cares upon me, for I care for you. Yes, Jesus cares for you. If you've got a heavy load out there today, cast your burdens on the Lord, because he wants to help you carry those burdens. He wants to help you bear those burdens. What a great God. What a wonderful Savior that he is. Yes, come to know Jesus. He wants us to know him. He wants us to have fellowship with him. And folks, there's only one way to have fellowship with God, and that's through his word. That's why we're on the air today is teaching and preaching the word of God so people can know God, so they can have true fellowship with him. The Bible tells us in John, little John, the first chapter and the third verse, that which we have seen and heard, they seen the Savior, they heard of him. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Now watch this. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. God wants you to have joy. He wants you to have fullness of joy. He wants you to have eternal life one day. That's why these... These brothers have wrote to us in this word and God moving on these, these brothers to write under the spirit of God that we can have fellowship with God in his word and through his word. And that only comes through his son because Jesus was the word at St. John, the first chapter and the first verse. He said, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. That was Jesus and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And the 14th verse said, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. God sent the word, his son, down here in the mortal flesh to dwell among us. And that's what little John was writing about when he said that which we have seen and heard, what they seen of Jesus and what they heard, declare we unto you that your fellowship may be with us and our fellowship is truly with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's through the word folks. Yeah. Know Jesus. The only way you can know him is through his word. Yeah. God bless you out there today. Yeah. This preacher wants you to know the truth because that's where true fellowship is at folks. We've had these last few series of programs we've been teaching on out of Hebrews, the sixth chapter in the first verse These are the principles of the doctrine of Christ, folks. It's important. This is Jesus's doctrine. And these things we are founded on, 
This is his fundamental foundations. This is his basics. We can't go any farther in the Lord. We can't understand these great deep mysteries that people want to get into and expound unless you first know the basic principles of the word of God, what it teaches. You know, when I went to school, I had to learn my ABCs before I learned how to spell. I had to learn how to count to one, two, three before I could go on to multiplication tables. This, this is principles. These are things that Jesus taught. These are things that the apostles taught. They didn't teach anything contrary to each other. They taught the same thing that Jesus taught. Well, Hebrews, the sixth chapter in the first verse says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. You first must have the principles down before you can go on any farther in Jesus. And like I said before, I didn't learn X, Y, Z first. I had to learn ABC. And that's what this is, folks. You have to first learn the principles. One, a lot of people want to get into the book of Revelations. And there's a, there's a lot of deep mysteries in the book of Revelations. And folks, I've seen young preachers start out and they want to dive right into Revelations first and want the, want the great mysteries. And that's a mistake because you can't understand things that are very, very deep in the word of God. It takes principles before you can even understand Revelations. You have to, you have to have a basic knowledge of what this Bible teaches before you can get into Revelations and start understanding the things that he was talking about. And that's why there's so many doctrines in the land today, because people will get into the book of Revelations and folks, you talking about a mess, teaching things contrary, right against what Jesus taught, right against what he taught, because they try to get in and figure it out with natural wisdom, their own head knowledge, their own great educations. And I, I'm, again, I'm not bucking an education, folks. I think it's great to have an education. But it don't take an education to figure God out. It takes Calvary. It takes going down the knee route. And folks thinking that you have to have great wisdom and understanding and the natural knowledge of the Hebrew and the, and the Greek to understand God. That's just so wrong because let me read you a verse what God says that how we know God, how we know the things of God. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. We'll start at the ninth verse. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Yeah, a natural man, you can't get this in the heart of a natural man. But what has he done? But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. It didn't say Greek and Hebrew, did it? Or natural wisdom? No, it said by the Spirit. Let's read some more. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. A man will get down in a humble heart of prayer and ask God for understanding. Listen to this now, the 11th verse. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. That's why there has to be a conversion, folks. That's why a man has to turn from his own ways. 
and be led by this word. When a man is born again, there's a new birth. There's a new creation there. His desire is the sincere milk of this word that he can grow in it. God will give him understanding and wisdom that this world don't know anything about. But a man has to depart from his ways first. Turn with me to Job, the 28th chapter and the 28th verse. And unto man he saith, Behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. When a man starts fearing God, that's when wisdom first starts, folks. When a man gets in this word and he don't fear God, there's no wisdom there. He's in his natural wisdom. But when a man starts fearing the Lord, that's wisdom. And if we'll read a little farther, it shows us how to get understanding. Let's read it again. And unto man he saith, Behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. Listen to this now. This is understanding. And to depart from evil is understanding. Folks, if a man is trying to cipher the word of God out with his own natural wisdom, his own natural understanding, and he's, he's living his own ways, he's still living in sin, he's still following the things of the flesh, he won't have understanding. He won't have the good understanding that God wants for this man to have. He's got to depart from evil. That's why there's so many different doctrines in the land and so many different things that are coming out of these colleges. Folks will try to unravel the word of God and and they're not even living right. They're not even following the principles of what this word of God teaches. They've not been born again, folks. It takes a conversion. It takes a man following the spirit. Yeah, and seeking God in prayer and getting on his knees And asking God to open up and give him good understanding. Depart from evil. I want you to turn with me to one more place before we get into the rest of our our subject, what we've been teaching on. Proverbs, the second chapter. We'll start at the first verse. My son, if thou will receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou will incline thine ear unto wisdom and to apply thine heart to understanding, Yea, if thou criest after knowledge, and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest for her as silver, and searchest for her as for hid treasure, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. You notice he lays it up for the righteous, not a man that's living in sin. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity. Yea, every good path. When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. When a man departs from evil, he'll have good understanding, folks. We have to walk in God's statues before he gives us understanding in his word. 
Yeah, I know you can. I'd like for you to pray this morning and ask God to open up your knowledge, open up your understanding when we're getting ready to go into these scriptures. Folks, because it's important, these are the principal fundamentals of the doctrine of Christ. And I hope and pray that you'll follow with us. We've been teaching on the resurrection of the dead. This is one of his fundamental principles of the doctrine of Christ. Hebrews, the sixth chapter, the first and second verses goes over. He wants us to understand the resurrection of the dead. He was the resurrection, folks. Jesus was the first to rise from the dead, as Acts says. And we've been over that. And we showed you how that Jesus was the first to rise from the dead and how that there were many saints in Matthew, the 27th chapter, rose with Jesus, came out of their graves after his resurrection and showed you there's been a resurrection. There's been the first resurrection. We showed that in our last few programs. And we know that people say that that resurrection, the first resurrection is out in the future, folks. And we, we can't have that because Jesus was the first to rise from the dead. He was the first resurrection. And many bodies of the saints, the Old Testament saints which slept, they arose and come out of their graves after his resurrection. And we showed who they were. Revelations 14 and 1 said, And lo, I looked, and a lamb stood on the Mount Zion. That was heaven, folks, that heavenly Jerusalem. That lamb stood on Mount Zion, and with him an hundred and forty and four thousand, having his father's name written on their foreheads. If you go down to the fourth verse, it showed you that they followed the lamb whithersoever he goeth. Jesus went to heaven. His ascension into heaven, folks. That's why this 144,000 was with him on Mount Zion. They went into heaven with him. Folks, and he's coming back. He's coming this, back the same way that he left with those 144,000 saints. Well, turn with me to Acts, the first chapter and the ninth verse. Jesus appeared to him. The Bible said, and when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. He's coming back, folks, the same way that he went into heaven. Well, the 144,000, they followed the lamb whithersoever he goeth in the Revelation's 14th chapter and the fourth verse. That's why they were on Mount Zion, that heavenly Jerusalem, with the lamb. Now Jude, and there's only one chapter in Jude, Turn with me to Jude, the only chapter, and the 14th verse. It says, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints, folks. Did we just read in Acts that he, he went into heaven? He's coming the same way that he went into heaven? Well, Jude said that he's coming with ten thousands of his saints. You see the S on the end of that? Ten thousands of his saints. That's 144,000. Well, if he's coming with ten thousands of his saints, don't you think that he went away with ten thousands of his saints? As Acts said in the first chapter and 11th verse, 
Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. He's coming the same way that he left here, folks. He left here with 144,000, 10,000 of his saints. Jude said he was coming with 10,000s of his saints. So as the Bible teaches, if he can, if he's coming with 10,000s of his saints, he had to have left with 10,000s of his saints, folks. Now that's plain. I know you can see that. I know you can understand that, folks. That first resurrection has already happened. Folks, and in that resurrection, they were all saints. Every one of them were saints. To prove that, turn with me to Matthew, the 27th chapter, and the 52nd verse. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints. There were no sinners in this resurrection, folks. Many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection. It didn't say anything about sinners in that one, folks. The first resurrection was all saints. But I want to show you what's going to happen in the last and general resurrection. Now, this is Jesus' words. This is what Jesus taught. That's why Hebrews 6 chapter said this was the fundamental principles. These were his foundations. Foundation fundamental principles of the doctrine of Christ. This is what Jesus taught. Turn with me to St. John, the 5th chapter and the 28th verse. Jesus said, marvel not at this. For the hour is coming, he says, in the which all, A-double-L, all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good, see the good? There's saints in this one. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. There's going to be a resurrection of the just and the unjust. And folks, that's what my hope is in. My hope is in that resurrection of the just and the unjust, just as Paul's was. Paul knew that there wasn't going to be anything happen between the first and last resurrection. Paul's hope was in the resurrection at the last day, at the last trump. Well, turn with me to Acts, the 25th chapter. And we'll start, uh, we'll start at the 14th verse. Paul said, but this I confess unto thee, that after the way which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. Listen to this now. Listen to where this man's hope was at. And have hope toward God, the 15th verse. And have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow, that there shall be a resurrection. Just one more, folks. Now, what was in that resurrection? That there shall be a resurrection of the dead. What are we teaching on the resurrection of the dead? That there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both, both, that's two, both of the just and the unjust. That's where Paul's hope was at. That's where my hope is at. When Christ comes back, folks, it's the last day. It's the last trump. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. 
And Paul writing again here in the 51st verse, Paul said, behold, I shew you a mystery. Folks, this is a mystery to this world. But God can let us understand this mystery through his spirit, folks, through his word. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. Paul knew that when Christ come back, not everyone was going to be in the grave. Incidentally, folks, that first resurrection, they were all dead saints. They weren't any living saints. But in this last one, there's going to be people that are alive and remain. But it's going to take place at the last trump, at the last day. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Yes, folks, at the last trumpet, the last day. Now, folks, the word last means just exactly what it says, the last There's not going to be any more trumps. It's going to be the last day. That's when the church is going to get up. Folks, people's got the church leaving here a thousand years before the last day. That's not scriptural, folks. That's not what Jesus taught. Turn with me to St. John, the sixth chapter, the 39th verse. Now, I'm going to go over these scriptures, folks, here in St. John 6. And I want you to pay close attention because this is what Jesus taught. I want to show you the crowds of people that are going to get up and when they're going to get up. And the resurrection, St. John 6 and 39, Jesus talking, and this is the Father's will which hath sent me. This is God's will, folks, and it's not going to be changed either. I don't care how many times people preach anything different. This is God's will, and this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again the last Day, last day, last day. Not a thousand years before the last, but the last day. 40th verse, and this is a will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son. Folks, they seen him all the way back nearly 2,000 years ago. Everyone that seen him and believeth on him, may have everlasting life. Now, when are you going to get him up, Jesus? And I will raise him up the last day, not a thousand years before, but the last day, folks. When Jesus comes back, it's going to be the last and general resurrection. That's when the church gets up. Now, going down to the 44th verse, folks, now, you know that nobody can come to God except through Jesus Christ. When his blood was shed, there was no other way to heaven but through the blood of Jesus Christ. And that blood was shed nearly 2,000 years ago, folks. The 44th verse said, No man can come to me except the Father, which hath sent me draw him. Now, when is he going to get up? And I will raise him up the last day, L-A-S-T, last day. I want that to ring home with you folks. People that teach anything else different, they're going contrary against the doctrine of Christ. Folks, this is the reason why Jesus taught this. Turn with me real quick to the 54th verse. This is the church. This is the blood-washed crowd. Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. 
and I will raise him up at the last day. See how, how many times it says that, folks. It's important. It's what Jesus taught. 